Hey, do you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for podcasters, it's all totally free no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Ooh, I'm Adam Todd <laughs> Brown. Who are you? I am Cindy Aravina. That makes us your hosts. Cindy, how's it going? Yo, it's going. I hope by the time that this comes out, UTLA and SEIU Local 99 will have won their three-day strike with LAUSD and got all of their demands met, and that I don't have to strike again for the rest of my life. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, people at home, Google it. L.A. School District on strike. Yeah, hopefully it went well. It is intense. I, uh, I'll have you know, I am also suffering as a result of this strike. <laughs> I tried to go to the Torrance Farmer's Market today, and the booths were maybe 25% capacity because parents are home watching their kids. So we're all suffering. You know, yeah. you know, we're all yeah. sacrificing here. I'm going to have to go to the Torrance Farmer's Market another day. So just, just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Outrage all around. <laughs> Speaking of things to be outraged about. Holy shit. The story we're talking about today. Yeah. I would say this one is very scary. Yeah. This is very scary. Boo. Boo. <laughs> the East Palestine train derailment, which I imagine everyone's heard about this by now. I would hope. Had you, you I mean yeah. you would obviously you had heard about it before we decided to do this, right? Yeah, and I I knew a very surface level amount of stuff like I was aware of when it the first one happened and then the subsequent ones um but beyond that I had not done a deep dive into it the way that um we're doing for this episode and I am 
just I'm disgusted, but I'm also not at all surprised. It's it's really all par for the course. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like you like to think there's a good guy somewhere in this, but there's not. I mean, outside of the people who are suffering as a result of this, like I fucking we'll talk about it later. I don't care who they voted for. This should not be fucking happening to anyone in this country. And like outside of that, even the EPA who on the surface seems like they're trying to help. They're not like they're making it worse. they, They really are. And if they're not making it worse, they're ignoring other people's attempts to make it worse. And it yes. it just sucks all around. Are you a train person? You ever traveled by train? Um, just short distances. I think the longest train ride I've ever taken is from Ventura County into Santa Barbara. I dated a girl in Albuquerque for a while, and there's a train that goes directly from L.A. to Albuquerque. And oh, nice. When I say directly, it takes 13 hours overnight, <laughs> but that's also how long it takes to drive. So it's fine. And uh, it already, like I said, took like 12 to 13 hours. But one time I got on that train and there was a bomb threat called oh. in. So we had to stop in Tustin, I believe, while everyone got off the train so the police could look into it. No bomb. So then we get back on the train and a motherfucker called in another, like same person called in another bomb threat. And we had Jeez. to stop in, I think, San Bernardino. We, I might have those two backwards, but we stopped in those two places for bomb threats. And the second time they didn't have us get off the train. They just were like, all right, we're just going to send the dogs through. And Cindy, I had so much weed with me. Just <laughs> thank God so much weed. But when those bomb sniffing dogs came through, one of them passed me and just like stopped and looked and like kept going <laughs> like, next time, next time, bud, I'll get you. Yeah. He's like, I'm on bomb duty right now. But I do like traveling by train. I did it once and I had one of those cabins that has like mm-hmm. a bed. Oh, let me tell you. Train sleep. That's a that's a sound sleep. Is that a good one? Ooh. Yeah, because it's just like the vehicle is just rocking you to sleep all night. It's really nice. Oh. So nice. Yeah, I'm a fall asleep in the car kind of guy, so that sounds pleasant. Yeah, and I'm not, but in that situation, of course I'm sleeping. It's like, oh, yeah. like I can't, I, I say I can't sleep on a plane, but if you get me in one of those like Emirates first class seats that turns into a queen size bed of course i'll be able to sleep oh a hundred like the only thing i ever want on a plane is just to be more horizontal than is possible and it's i I don't i don't make that kind of money i make poor people money (laughs) where i have to sit up straight and i don't sleep exactly this train derailment fortunately or unfortunately depending on how you want to look at it it was not a passenger train i would say Mm -hmm. fortunately if it was, in that there probably would not have been the calamity that followed now, but also a bunch of people probably would have died, and that would have sucked. So there's not really a good version of a train derailment, is I think what I'm getting at. This one happened February 3rd. Around 50 cars of a freight train owned and operated by a company called Norfolk Southern derailed near the town of East Palestine, Ohio. They Can I, okay, can I be annoying? They call it East Palestine, Oh, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, but why? Just because I know, they, yeah, I know yeah. a big why. I'm sure. But sure, fine. East Palestine. 
Ohio. (laughs) First responders at the scene found evidence that one of the cars was releasing a dangerous chemical, vinyl chloride, into the atmosphere. Fun fact, that is, in part, one of the chemicals used to make vinyl records. So, Mm. good job. Your fucking Mac DeMarco albums almost killed East Palestine, Ohio, everybody. Yep. Congrats. We touched that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. An evacuation order was issued shortly thereafter. On February 5th, a second warning was issued to any remaining residents that at least one rail car was at risk of exploding, which could potentially send shrapnel as far as a mile into the community. Imagine you're out just fucking minding your own business and a piece of molten hot shrapnel just comes flying from a mile away and hits you in the chest. Oof. You'd think the world was ending. Yeah, yeah. I would assume that was a plague of some sort. Yeah. On February 6th, crews released vinyl chloride into the air from five derailed tanker cars that were in danger of exploding. Why? Yeah, the way they did this, like everything about it, I honestly feel like we will find out at some point that they kind of knew the way they took care of this problem was going to cause other problems, but that the alternative was that those train cars just exploded, which would have caused all the same problems, but again, with flying shrapnel. Yeah, less shrapnel in this version for sure. It's, it is definitely a lesser of whatever evils, but like the, the video of the smoke that came <laughs> from this, that's it's like the creepiest shade of black. It's like witch's cauldron black smoke. Like I'm surprised a skull and crossbones didn't appear every time. Yeah, and the residents of that town were supposed to look at that and be like, that's fine. That's not going to cause any future problems. No. Which, of course, it's going to cause future problems. Of course. So one of the first things they did, they took these chemicals and they released them into a trough. And then they set that trough on fire, which is what caused that plume of smoke. And you're right. It looks terrifying. And I didn't put this in the notes at this point. But one of the concerns at the time was that burning this particular chemical causes a class of chemicals called dioxins to be released. Mm -hmm. That was a concern right up top, and it is going to become very important later in this episode because dioxins, it turns out there is a lot of controversy about how much of that a person can take in without getting cancer. That's one of the craziest parts about this to me, but we'll get there. We'll hurt your brain later. Don't worry. Yeah. Let's hurt your brain in other ways first. So, yeah, just a couple short days after that huge plume of toxic smoke went up over the town, (laughs) the evacuation order was lifted and residents were assured everything went perfect and that the area was safe again. And it's like, how? Yeah. Like After not even not even a full week, a work week's worth of days. Yeah. Yeah. A business week. A business week. (laughs) Yeah. And so residents were skeptical of that claim, obviously, especially when the EPA recommended that everyone get their homes deep cleaned. Like, that sounds like Three Mile Island shit. Like, yeah, nothing about go home, but also get your home scrubbed by a hazmat team. Nothing about that says safe to me. Like, why wouldn't the town clean those homes first? 
and then tell people to come back. Yeah, you know how long it took Chernobyl to let the people come back? Um, <laughs> fucking never. 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 They never came back. They never came back. It's just but three. But here they're like, five days, get your ass back in your fucking house. Yeah, it's just three-headed dogs and birds with one wing in Chernobyl now. Seriously. It, yeah, this is... My jaw was on the floor just going through all this. Because, again, I just I avoided details because I knew how sad I was going to be. So I, I walked into the, the sad fire for all of this. Yeah, it's worse than I realized. Yeah. Like, I knew it was going to be bad. But this seems like it should but probably won't turn into, like, a... Oh, what was the... Was it called, was it Love Canal, New York? Do I have that name right? Uh, I'm not sure. What What is it? Look it up. I know there's also, yeah, Love Canal, New York, where they, for the longest time, I think you still, like, it's, it's a ghost town now because of a chemical spill. There's also a place, is it Times Beach? Yep, Times Beach, Missouri, where... This place in particular, I think Times Beach, Missouri is probably why I'm so fascinated by like abandoned buildings and things of the like. Oh, me too. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, we would go to Six Flags in St. Louis a lot because I grew up in Peoria, Illinois. St. Louis is a couple hours away. We would go to Six Flags all the time. And on the way, we would always drive by Times Beach, Missouri. And Times Beach is this town where at one point they sprayed all the roads with this type of oil to like control the dust or something in the area. And it turned out to be like a super duper carcinogen. And <laughs> they had to effectively shut the town down forever. Oh my God. So as a kid, I would always drive by this actual ghost town on the way to the happiest place on earth. And I was always like, what is it with this place? And it seems like East Palestine might become that at some point, or at least it should. But the government probably isn't going to be honest enough about what's happening for that no. to be the case. Because, yeah, in the case of Times Beach, Missouri and Love Canal, both, I think people still, you just, you can't go back there. You'll get cancer. You'll get cancer if yeah. you live there. Interesting how it's all by bodies of water, huh? Oh, yeah, weird. Mm. Go figure. Yep. So on February 10th, some residents who returned claimed they developed rashes and nausea within a half hour of returning to their homes. Around the same time, it was found that at least one body of water in the area, Sulphur Run, had been contaminated and Norfolk, Norfolk Southern installed a dam to prevent further contamination. And it didn't work. Another nearby body of water got contaminated also. And this entire time, the EPA is monitoring air quality and just swearing up and down. Everything is fine. On February 13th, they reopened the school district. And the next day, it was revealed that around 3,500 fish across 12 different species had died in Ohio waterways since the accident. Probably way more now. This was, yeah, yeah. you know, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, fish. Yeah. A week later, it was said that 43,700 animals were found dead within a fi five mile area of East Palestine. That is terrifying. 
especially for the people who live there. My God, because these are chemicals that, yeah, like they're killing animals right away, but they're going to kill the people way slower. And it's going to be slow and painful and fucking sad. And it just seems like these people are being lied to about it. Which is the worst fucking part. so much worse. Yeah, like as bad as this sounds, it gets so much worse. And so, unsurprisingly, the residents were pretty heated by this point. So much so that representatives from Norfolk Southern backed out of a planned meeting with the public over fears of physical violence. But also they said they were worried outside parties we're going to cause the physical violence. And it's like, will you shut up with that Antifa bullshit? The people in the town are the ones who fucking hate you. Yeah, bitch. This this was so bad that Aaron Brockovich got involved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also like, sequel, sequel. Yeah, exactly. This is the Aaron Brockovich sequel no one wanted, but we're probably going to get it. And yeah, this seems like, I don't know, how much people remember Aaron Brockovich in, as far as the movie goes, but this is a very similar situation where if you go back and watch Aaron Brockovich, like it was people in that town being like, hey, there's a problem. And the government coming in and going, no, there's actually not. We tested. No problem. And there's no problem. And it turned out there was a huge problem. And it seems like here also things are significantly worse than the government is letting on. Around this time, have you seen the video of the train? Imagine if you were just like outside smoking a cigarette and that fucking train comes sparking through your backyard. Like, I would be terrified. Yeah. Who do you call? Yeah. I don't like, you call the cops? Hey, can you go block the train tracks with your car and stop this train from derailing? Like, what do you do? Trains have sensors that are supposed to check Mm -hmm. for what was happening, which there was basically a wheel bearing that was getting so weak it was about to fall off, and that's what caused the train derailment. And there's sensors that are supposed to pick that up and alert Mm -hmm. the people operating the train. Something like every 20 miles. And that, Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. It seems like it wasn't bad enough when it went through the sensor like 20 miles before the crash site. Mm -hmm. But then when it went through the one a little closer, it was too late for them to stop. And I know people are, I've seen in articles, people are questioning like, well, did the crew know? And it's like, nope, I'm not, I'm not willing to blame the fucking people driving the train in a situation like this. Like, I don't know how that's even a serious question. Like, did they know? And then what? Just drove the train until it derailed anyway? Like, no, of course they would have tried to stop earlier if they knew earlier. Makes no sense. So on February 21st, the EPA issued a legally binding notice to Norfolk Southern. The text of it's really long, but the gist is basically you are going to clean this up. You are going to pay to clean this up. And if we have to step in and do something because you refuse, we will bill you triple the amount of our costs to do the cleanup. So there's no financial benefit to Norfolk Southern ignoring what the EPA wants done. But like we haven't gotten far enough in the notes for this to make sense. But I feel like that's just kind of smoke and mirrors on the EPA's part. Yeah, it's infuriating because they didn't step in soon enough. 
they just made mm. this threat and then continued to allow Norfolk Southern to do what they pleased. Trump came and visited. Oh, that'll help. And he bought everyone McDonald's. Oh, that's right. He did, yeah. didn't he? Probably the I only mean, he s- fucking went out there. I don't even think Biden went out there, right? Yeah, Biden didn't go. Pete Buttigieg mm-hmm. went, which it is kind of fucked up that Trump got there before our national transportation secretary, if nothing else. Doesn't look good. And also, yeah, Biden should have went. Like, I think, did he go? I think he went eventually. He probably would have died if he went out there. That dude's so <laughs> fucking old. Probably. <laughs> He would have taken one whiff of the air and just keeled over. And so on March 1st, a Norfolk Southern employee sent a letter to Ohio Governor Mike DeWine accusing Norfolk Southern of making cuts to safety measures in favor of maximizing profits. No way. What? Oh, my God. I can't believe. Yes. Yes, I can. Absolutely. I can. (laughs) Absolutely. And in further bad news, the NTSB, the National Travel Safety board? I think so. Bureau. I never remember. (laughs) They issued a nationwide safety advisory after it was discovered that aluminum coverings meant to prevent explosions in situations like this actually melted during the derailment fire, meaning that's a thing that rail operators nationwide should look into if they feel like they have the time, but it's not mandatory. So that's cool. I'm sure no other trains will derail. Yeah. Remember when the railroad workers tried to strike? Was that recent? Yeah. It was oh, really yeah, 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 yeah. And Biden and stopped it, He right? blocked it. Yeah. yeah. He blocked it. It's crazy that Republicans don't like Biden more because that is such a Reagan move. <laughs> Seriously. Like, That's what I don't like. It baffles. It, it boggles the mind. Like, it hurts. He... <laughs> disproportionately locks up black people still. He's putting kids in cages, fucking wrecked Central America, and broke up a major strike. He is Reagan. What's what's not for conservatives to love? Makes no sense. Yeah. So on March 3rd, results of a health assessment survey showed that residents reported headaches, anxiety, coughing, fatigue, an itchy or burning skin after the derailment as their most common symptoms, then, oh, oh man, talk about a bad look. Mm. On March 4th. The next day, guys, the next day, if you're keeping score, a month and a day later from the first one. Another Norfolk Southern train derailed in Springfield, Ohio. Dude. Fortunately, it either wasn't carrying anything harmful or the cars that were weren't the ones that derailed but still imagine being like the ceo of norfolk southern in that moment and being like come on yes another one and he thought it was like a prank march 4th prank (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then on march 7th three days later three days later a norfolk southern conductor was struck and killed by a dump truck while on the job, prompting the NTSB to launch a, quote, in-depth investigation into the safety practices and culture of the company. End quote. That seems like a good idea, TBH. Yeah. I'm sensing a, a touch of uh, bad karma going on over here. Uh, I'm th- I, th- I feel like someone someone's repaying for some shit they pulled. 
whether in this life or a past life, but someone was paying a heavy price. Yeah. Like someone just got a job and it's not going well. No, this is bad, guys. This is terrible. This is really bad. And it is a thing I guess I never thought of. Like, I've always pictured the main hassles with living this close to railroad tracks would be noise, obviously, uh, random serial killers jumping off in your town to murder (laughs) someone, then getting back on the train, never to be seen again. Never thought about this. But this is such a threat. And it's a thing that could happen so many places. Like, there are trains zigzagging all across this country carrying toxic waste and chemicals and all kinds of hazardous shit. And it turns out, like, in this case, it seems like the trains were just too long because they could move more shit if they really, like, push the limits of how long the trains are. And it's like, how many other companies are out there doing this? Probably a lot. Oh, yeah. Did When you were a kid, uh, did you ever take the bus? So I remember as a kid, whenever we'd have to stop at the train, like I remembered counting like over a hundred cars on a train one time with my entire like school on the school bus. That seems like too many. Yeah. It seemed like too many back then. We were counting for a good five minutes. And I was reading an article where they interviewed like a, a train conductor. And he said that one of the things you used to be able to do, like he's been a conductor for decades, is it used to be that when you were operating a train, you could feel everything that was happening. Like hmm. with the like if something was going on with one of the cars in the back, you could feel it, like physically Whoa. feel it. And he said as trains have gotten longer and longer and longer, that goes away. So like a train conductor who might have a natural instinct to know when something's wrong loses that instinct because longer trains make more money which fucking dangerous god that is the united states in a fucking nutshell right there yep oh so surprise about a month after the derailment the state of ohio filed a lawsuit against norfolk (sighs) southern railway accusing the company of recklessly endangering the health of residents and ohio's natural resources Here's a quote from Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. This derailment was entirely avoidable, and I'm concerned that Norfolk Southern may be putting profits for their own company above the health and safety of the cities and communities that they operate in. End quote. Good for him. I'm sure he's a Republican fuckface, but also someone sent him a letter and was like, hey, here's what this company's doing. And he was like, got it. Let's fucking act. Yeah. And it's the least he could do. Yeah, exactly. Some of the more specific allegations in the lawsuit include illegal disposal of hazardous waste, failure to have a contingency plan, and unauthorized discharge of chemicals to bodies of water. And he wants a fund set up by Norfolk Southern to address any future environmental or health concerns. And residents have also filed a class action lawsuit kind of acting or kind of asking for the same thing. And I can't imagine they're going to lose. I'm sure. Yeah, I I unfortunately cannot see this happening. Yeah, I mean, I can see Norfolk Southern dragging it out in court for a long time. Oh, they're gonna. They're gonna. They have the lawyers to do it, I'm sure. And so they filed that lawsuit, and that's kind of been the last real update stateside in terms of media reports. That was all like a week ago, 10 days ago. But there are some other stories I found about this. And like I said, the 
the two that we're going to talk about are on The Guardian, which I cannot recommend The Guardian enough. I've said for a long time, one of the best ways to follow American politics is to follow it on like a foreign website or an international website because they don't have the same right versus left, blue versus red tinge to their reporting. They're just like, America's crazy, man. Can you fucking believe these people? And so you get like, and also the CIA doesn't, you know, tell them what they can and can't write like the fucking New York Times. So you get a little more honest reporting out of foreign outlets sometimes. And there are a couple scandals related to the story that aren't getting a ton of attention here, both from The Guardian. We'll link to all of these on the show notes. One thing they revealed in a March 11th article was that Norfolk Southern actually hired the firm that is testing air quality in East Palestine homes. Because, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what really makes me mad about this is this company that they hired, and we'll get into them a little more. They're called the Center for Toxicology and Environmental Health, CTEH. They sound like a government agency, but it's just, it's a private company. Right. They sound official as mm-hmm. hell. But it turns out that this company is like the go-to contractor for corporations that have caused an environmental disaster. Yeah. And what really bothers me is if anyone would know that for sure, it's the EPA. But the EPA is still acting like, oh, yeah, we're going to hold this company accountable. Meanwhile, they know goddamn well that this company hired a firm that actively covers up situations like this. Not even hired a firm. They have these guys on retainer. They've been working with them for a very long time, Norfolk Southern. Yeah. And I think there is, I mean, I I can't prove it and far be it for me to push conspiracy theories, but it seems like there's a little bit of collusion here between Norfolk Southern and the EPA. And so we'll have to talk about the next story to explain that further. But these tests, this company that's running these tests, again, Center for Toxicology and Environmental Health, CTEH, these tests, the Guardian and ProPublica worked together on this investigation. And they brought in like outside experts who also deal with environmental disasters. And they found that these tests that they ran on these homes in East Palestine did not actually prove that the homes were safe. The tests are alleged to have been inadequate in two ways. Here's a quote from the article. They were not designed to detect the full range of dangerous chemicals the derailment may have unleashed, and they did not sample the air long enough to accurately capture the levels of chemicals that they were testing for. And it sounds like if you read the full article, they interview a woman who had her air quality tested, Mm -hmm. and she was like, Someone walked in, they made me sign a thing, they didn't give me a copy of what I signed, and then they waved an instrument around for a couple minutes, and they were like, Mm -hmm. your home's fine. They wouldn't even tell her what was going on until she signed that form. Right. And yeah, they didn't give her a copy of the form. There have been, the EPA has since come out and been like, oh, well, we were with them and we did our own testing. She denies that. She said only 
one person had any kind of testing equipment. Can you imagine going into a, a, a home with like, not even like a pretend machine that just kind of beeps a little bit, just with empty handed yeah. audacity. Yeah. Something smells fishy and it's not the 3,500 dead fish <laughs> in the river nearby. Yeah, this is, this is bad. Like this, this is the kind of story where again, like, People who are like, hmm, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Fucking dig into the details of this and you might. Because it yeah. feels like a, the government and a huge company with lots of assets are working together to downplay how serious this is. It's unreal. But it's real. That's the fucking scary part. Right. And it's also pointed out in this Guardian article that testing the air alone inside a house is not good enough because there could be chemicals and compounds that have settled into carpet or furniture and air testing alone isn't going to detect the presence of that. And that's especially concerning for families that have kids. Oh, yeah. Because kids love to fuck around on the floor. Yeah. They love jumping from chair to chair. Yeah. Wiping their noses on furniture. So if those chemicals are in the carpet in one of these homes where someone has kids, it's going to be bad times for that kid in the future. Also, the air tests are checking for the presence of VOCs or volatile organic compounds, but not all of the potential hazards from this incident will show up as VOCs. This is a quote from an actual scientist that The Guardian interviewed. To keep the focus on the air is almost smoke and mirrors. Like, hey, the air is fine. Of course it's going to be fine. Now you should be looking for where those chemicals went. They did not disappear. They are still in the environment. End quote. And that's absolutely what's happening is the EPA is signing off or Norfolk Southern going in with this shady-ass outfit and being like, hey, we checked the air, everyone's fine. You can move back to where you were. It's disgusting. And the the woman that they interviewed for this article from East Palestine, she was saying that, that you could see, like, piles of people's furniture that they had gotten rid of. And she says, well, I don't make much money, so all I've been doing is just sitting in one chair. That broke my heart. Yeah, yeah, that's so sad. This reminds me of Hurricane Katrina a little Oof. bit. And it's really ironic that, I mean, it's not ironic. This is just how, how fucking American politics operate. But if you flash back to Hurricane Katrina, it was a bunch of Republicans being like, hmm, those people are just waiting around for the government to help. And it's like, one, I know what you mean by those people, you racist fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. And also, the government is supposed to help in a situation like this. And now you're getting a bunch of Republicans being like, hmm, how come the government's not helping? Is it because they're white people? And it's like, fucking it's be- pick a lane. Because they don't help. Yeah. They don't really help. It's just because they don't help. And so, CTEH, the <laughs> Center for Toxicology and Environmental Health, there's more bad news about them. For one thing, they were founded by four scientists who had all done consulting work for tobacco companies or the lawyers that defended them, which... Remember those great people? Oof, bad times. Those people who went in front of God in America and said, as far as I know, cigarettes don't cause cancer. It's like, are you 
serious right now. It's like the Super Bowl of people where you look at them and you wonder, how do you sleep at night? Yeah, like that's a question that really does apply to people like this. Like the kind of people that are like, ah, you know, what we're doing might kill some people and there might be lawsuits, but we'll make so much more money that like the lawsuits don't really matter. Like it just comes down to that. And so this company, like we said, is considered a go-to contractor for corporations Mm -hmm. that cause industrial disasters. And they've been accused of downplaying health risks on multiple occasions. And they've since taken it off their website. But at one point, their website just openly boasted about how if you're one of these companies that's caused an environmental disaster, they will provide readings and research that will help you pay less money to the victims in the future. Like, what a fucking dastardly business model. It's it's one of those companies you hear about, like those truly evil companies. And so many of them are. But this is one where you're like, oh, this is where all the bad people work. All the actual bad people with, like, black hearts. And it should, I think, for mostly people on the left, Democrats, liberals, things like that, because, uh, let's be honest, Republicans already employ a healthy mistrust of all scientists in general, except the ones who think COVID is fake. But that said, scientists are people and scientists sometimes are motivated by money and scientists sometimes are motivated by the wrong thing. And that's important to take into account uh, if you're on the left and you just immediately say, well, that's science and science said it's the case. Sometimes science lies. And These are scientists who lie like they actively distort the truth for money and they do it behind the guise of science. And if you look into it, there's a lot of people throughout history who've done that. So be critical of science like anything else, like not. It changes all the time. Yeah, you you should be critical. It's what people say. One decade could be completely the opposite next decade. And I should uh, let me rephrase that. Don't be skeptical of science. Like actual science? Of course not. If it's science, then it's science. Mm-hmm. But scientists? Sure. There you go. Yes. Sure. You can... You they're, can just, they're just knuckleheads like us. Yeah. You can mistrust a scientist. I. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell the short version, but I always... The example I always bring up is the New York Times wrote this article back when jewel pods and vaping were in the news and being mm-hmm. accused of making people sick when they actually weren't. It was bootleg weed cartridges. And the New York Times cited this study that said cigarettes and jewel cartridges have the same chemicals. And I was like, oh, oh m- I was like, oh, man, that is an explosive claim. Why didn't you link to the study? <laughs> and I went out and found that study. And all they were saying was, you know how there's a sign at Disneyland that says, hey, if you walk in here, you might be exposed to chemicals that'll give you cancer. Yes. That's what they meant. They meant cigarettes and jewel pods both have those. And those are in, like, everything. I see that sign everywhere. Yeah. What they weren't saying was that, oh, you know how, like, cigarettes have strychnine in them? So do jewel pods. Like, that's absolutely not what they were saying. But when you just read, like, the headline of that report, that's what makes it, like, that's what it makes it seem like. Like, that's what people who don't read the whole report are going to take away from it. And then if you went down to the financial disclosure section, the scientists who worked on this report all had financial interests in other 
tobacco cessation products. Ah. So if anyone has cause to want to discredit vaping as a means of quitting smoking, it's going to be them. But nevertheless, you get the New York Times quoting that shit like it's fucking gospel. So yeah, yeah, be skeptical of scientists and especially in this case, be skeptical of everyone who is saying East Palestine is a safe place to live right now because these motherfuckers are dirty. Yes. They don't give a fuck. They are dirty. And also, it gets worse when it comes to these people. CTEH, not the EPA, for one, designed the protocols for the indoor air testing. They also operate the hotline that residents have been told to call if they have concerns about odors, fumes, or health problems. That's bad. That's really bad. Yeah, they told the lady in the article that there was no way her headache, chest pain, tingling, or nausea could be related to the derailment. I'm like, did they also tell her to just have a glass of tap water and go lay down on her radioactive bed? Like, come on. You just need some rest, lady. You're being hysterical. Come on. In Norfolk Southern, when The Guardian asked about this, they swore that they've been up front with residents about the relationship between them and the company testing the air quality in their homes. When The Guardian asked around, none of the residents they talked to had any idea this relationship existed. They assumed it was like an independent firm that had no connection to Norfolk Southern. And it's not just in-home air quality. Norfolk Southern has also pointed to CTEH's data when claiming that air and water quality in the area in general is safe, like indoors and out. Of course, this data has already been used to deny compensation to at least one family in the area. Zuza Gaines and her nine-year-old son both got sick a few hours after the accident, to the point that the kid was like convulsing and projectile vomiting. And so this family moves out of their home and goes and checks into a hotel. And Norfolk Southern at first was compensating them for that. But then they had CTEH go and do an air test at this woman's home. And they determined the air in her home was clean. So they stopped paying for any medical expenses, any room, board, food, any of that, which sounds about right. That yeah. Sounds like how this would work. Fortunately, when ProPublica, who worked, again, worked with The Guardian on this investigation, when they asked Norfolk Southern about this, magically, they started giving the family <laughs> money again. Guilty. Yeah, and it's like, that's cool, but who knows how many other families are dealing with this and don't have the benefit of a major media outlet looking into it for them. Like, truly, yeah. Like, again, these are poor people. Poor people don't have fucking resources. No, they gotta go to work. These aren't people who can just go out and hire a fucking lawyer to work on their behalf. Although, in this case, maybe. I mean, if they're filing a class action Yeah, But... And then there's another highly alarming Guardian article. This one talks about how data shows that soil in East Palestine has unsafe levels of dioxins. Except there's a really weird and unfortunate hitch here. The dioxin levels are above the exposure threshold that EPA scientists decided in 2010 
pose a cancer risk. At that time, they recommended that the official threshold be lowered to those levels, but the Obama administration killed that idea. I hate to be that guy, but I'm gonna th- I'm gonna say this. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, thank yeah. yeah. Thanks, Obama. And <laughs> so technically, dioxin levels are below the threshold that the government says causes cancer, but only because we ignored the scientists when they said it should be lower. So that's cool. The levels found in the soil samples in question are 14 times higher than dioxin soil limits in some states. One of the fears about the controlled burnoff of these chemicals was exactly this. Mm-hmm. It was that the fire would produce dioxin and disperse it throughout the area. And the data is limited because it involves just two soil samples, but it does seem to confirm that those fears about the spread of dioxin were legitimate. And the thing about dioxins, they are a highly persistent chemical that can accumulate and stay for years in the environment or in human bodies. They're linked to diseases like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, nervous system disorders, and soil and food contamination are the most common method of exposure. But because the levels are below the federal threshold, they are considered safe. So those chemicals are just going to be there forever. Yeah. And not even to mention, uh, Indiana is using the soil from Ohio for their landfills. Yes. Yes. Which... Why? I know. Now we're like, can't you get soil from Kentucky? It seems like it'd be cheaper. Come on. Soil seems like it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. What's wrong with Indiana soil? And what's really terrifying is the disparity between the levels that will prompt the EPA to act and the levels that science wanted the threshold change to. The EPA will initiate a cleanup if dioxin levels are above 1,000 parts per trillion, PPT. (laughs) Levels in East Palestine were shown to be 700 parts per trillion. So on paper, it looks safe because the government says 1,000 parts per trillion, then we need to come in and clean up. But anything under that, you're fine. But when the EPA suggested lowering the threshold in 2010, they wanted it lowered to 72 parts per trillion. Yeah. 72. 72. The the threshold in California is 50. Right. And 90 in Michigan. Yeah. So the dioxin levels are actually about 10 times higher than what the EPA decided was safe in 2010. And I feel like that's that's where the the collusion comes in here, because I know exactly why the Obama administration killed the idea of lowering that dioxin threshold, because I have no doubt there are countless communities around this country where dioxin levels are probably higher than that. Oh, my God. Any any community by like a, a plastic manufacturer, a paper manufacturer, like I think Louisiana is like the state with like the highest levels of um, cancer causing agents in the environment. I mean, I, I grew up and still live pretty close to um, Simi Valley where the rocket dying nuclear explosion was. They haven't finished cleaning that up. That was in the 50s. Yeah. And imagine 
like what kind of shit storm that would set off if we lowered that threshold and all, all we had to go clean up all those places. So instead, we just kept the threshold where it was. And now because of that, when here's what I honestly think happened here. I think they knew burning those chemicals off was going to spread dioxin, but I think they also knew at the threshold we have set for that being a problem, it probably wasn't going to be that bad. And meanwhile, the EPA, I believe, set the, like the actual exposure level that they say can cause cancer is 3.7 parts per trillion. And we're talking point seven. And we're talking seven hundred. Yeah. So being exposed to cancer causing agents is just a part of life. Yeah. And in that case, it's like not in the EPA's best interest to be like, no, actually those dioxin levels are pretty high. Like they know they are. Yeah. But it would be so much bigger of a scandal if they admitted that. Because then they'd have to admit that in 2010, when they wanted to lower levels and Obama said no, they were just like, eh, all right, I guess we're carrying on as usual. Yeah. They're just like, all right. <laughs> well. Very bad times. So, yeah, when you take all of the actual science into account, the dioxin levels in East Palestine seem like they might be pretty concerning. But, of course, like anything else in life, America has found a way to make this tragedy into a political conspiracy. Because you see, East Palestine is a community that fucks with Trump really hard. So right-wingers have started running with claims that the Biden administration is spilling toxic chemicals on poor white people. Uh, Charlie Kirk said the derailment was part of a war on white people. Imagine being that fucking deluded that you actually think the enemy of the American government is white people? Like, when did we turn that corner? Because for approximately all of our years of existence as a country, it's been anyone but white people who get targeted by the American government. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, the the whole, just everything that comes out of, like, Tucker Carlson and the people that make shows for Fox News, it's just like, it's become a giant game of yes and at this point. It's really just all improv. Yeah. And if you're one of these people who's on Twitter, like, ooh, Tucker Carlson actually said something I agree with because of what he said about truck drivers, fuck you and Tucker Carlson both. Yeah. I don't care if you like his have shark eyes too. No soul. Yeah. Care if you agree with his ideas on truck drivers. <laughs> Fuck you as a piece of shit. So the other claim is that rail safety in this area was neglected by Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg because his main concern is that we, quote, have too many white construction workers in this country. And for one, they're basing that on an interview he did where he questioned whether we should be like, importing white construction workers to work on projects in like communities of color, which sure. I don't know. Like that's, I, I guess I'm wrong, but I felt like the construction industry was pretty diverse already, but I looked it up and it's not. So sure. Maybe, maybe that's a conversation <laughs> to have, but I guess we live in our little California, Southern California bubble where most of our construction workers are Latinos. Yes, exactly. 
And so like that's another that's that's a separate discussion, but people are using him saying that as evidence that in this case that's like that's what he cares about, not shoring up safety in towns where everyone's white and voted for Trump. But instead, he's too focused on getting less white construction workers in the world, which, again, what a crazy talking point. It's it's really it's like, OK, so we're just we're going to we're going to focus on that and not just like the major multi multi billion dollar corporation that is just fucking people over with reckless abandon no oversight. That's what we're... Okay, we're going to focus on Pete Booty Judge. Yeah, that's what's so frustrating. Like, there are valid criticisms of the government in this situation. I would say especially the EPA. I think the EPA knows what's happening there. I think they know this is being covered up. Yeah. But it's a cover-up that's going to cover up their shit, too. So they're not really pushing the issue. No, everyone's playing hot potato with this one. Yeah, and, like, that's worth talking about. That's worth criticizing the government over. But this shit that, like, there's a war on white people? Fucking come on. This like, is the get, United States. This is the United States. There is not a war on white people. <laughs> on a, it's not even a lighter note. The one thing that, like, blew my mind just kind of going back was, I don't know if you remember this part in the notes, but... One of the evacuees of East Palestine, his name was Ben Ratner, he told CNN that he and members of his family had been extras in a 2022 movie adaptation of um, the novel White Noise and in which a train derails and spills chemicals, causing an airborne toxic event that forces the evacuation of a small Midwestern college town. I'm not making this shit up. Crisis actor! Oh, yeah, where's that? Where's that? <laughs> yeah, where? how come no one's making that claim? Yeah, about seriously. This Trump-loving small town. Yeah, that's wild. That is a weird coincidence. I couldn't believe I was reading that. And it, that's the thing. Sometimes coincidences do happen. I'm sorry, true crime crowd, but coincidences do happen. Yeah. So I think that's our episode. That's kind of where this story is at. Right now, the residents of East Palestine are being fucked over by the American government, just not in the way right-wingers are making it out to be. I honestly... See, that's the other thing about the right-wing argument is, like, Tucker Carlson was like, if this happened in Philadelphia, things would be going different. As if to say, like, oh, if there were black people in this town, then the libs would be a little more responsive. Absolutely not, for one thing. Like, far responsive less. Responsive how? Yeah, far less responsive. But also, this, I, I, I'm sorry. And I feel like there's probably not a ton of right-wingers listening. But if there are, I'm sorry. This is bigger than that. Like, this is. This is people's lives and health. This is legitimate government corruption and cover-up shit. Like, there's no way the EPA doesn't know what kind of shit that CTEH outfit gets up to and in this case what they get up to is going to benefit the epa because then that whole thing about dioxin levels will not become big news but it's not going to become big news anyway if it was going to in this country it would have but oh yeah it's it's even it even this is awful to say but it feels like we're talking about old news at this point which is just a little going off like how fast the news cycle moves i would be interested to 
revisit this topic in a couple months just to see what new developments have come about. Yeah, I am curious if more is going to come out or if they're just going to like kind of sweep it under. Yeah, like successfully cover this shit up. We'll see. Oh, Keep man. That in the back of my mind, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, hey, uh, fucking <laughs> be strong, people of East Palestine. Yeah. So I think that's our episode, right? For now. For now. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. We'll keep tabs. Yeah. Keep tabs. Uh, in the meantime, Cindy, thanks so much for doing the episode. It's uh, my pleasure. Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, just, you know, follow me on everything at Cindy Aravina Jr. That's Jr. like J-R. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to do shows more and more if you're in the L.A. area. Keep an eye out for those ones. I'm working on a really fun set of all new materials. So that's been a good time. Yeah, that's about it. I did have a show tonight as this episode goes up, but it got canceled. Boo. So, um, you know, adamtoddbrown.substack.com. I'll be back to that soon now that I'm mostly getting over my face surgery. I feel like I should do a pretty scary episode about that because, oh, Let's my God. do it. My God, what an ordeal. Let's get I, Carrie in there. I had, a, I had a needle in my face for... Three months, and then I had surgery to get it taken out. And uh, you're not going to believe this, but surgery on your face, the recovery takes a while. It uh, hurts, and it's it's bad. But uh, And that's made it really hard for me to focus on like writing. This is the first episode I feel like I've done that involved actual like research as opposed to just like compiling news stories or watching shit and then commenting on what we watched and it's because my face is getting better so i'm able to like get back to normal work stuff that's progress he can focus on the pain of the country rather than the yeah. pain of his head yeah instead of just like <laughs> i'm telling you there were points where my face hurt so much all i could do was like clutch the arm of my couch and watch espn for hours on end and just like hope it was gonna go away oh bad very bad. Naughty dentist. Naughty dentist leaving that fucking needle in my face. Ugh. All right. And I think that's it, right? Yeah. We should get out of here. Hey. Let's go. Hey, Cindy, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>